Honestly, one of the greatest battles of my adult life has been trying to find the time and motivation for cooking, and that's why I'm so obsessed with Factor Meals. It's a meal kit where all the work is done for you, and they're offering my listeners 50% off with code HAPPIEST50. Factor delivers delicious, ready-to-eat meals that are fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and my favorite part is that they're ready to go in just two minutes, which is a total godsend on a busy day. You know I'm a big believer in making our lives as easy as possible in sobriety and focusing on self-care. Having Factor Meals in my fridge has been such a great way for me to take care of myself. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed, so it makes dinner time so easy, and they're genuinely so delicious you will not be disappointed. It's also totally flexible for your schedule. You can choose your meals each week, get as much or as little as you need, and pause or reschedule delivery anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash happiest50 and use code happiest50 to get 50% off. That's code happiest50 at factormeals.com slash happiest50 to get 50% off. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello everyone, welcome. I hope you're having an amazing week so far. We are officially into the second week of December, so I hope that you've been enjoying the holiday season. I hope that you've been enjoying a sober holiday season and really just soaking in all of the amazing perks of being sober at this time of year. I know I've been I've been especially loving the holiday season this year. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling so festive. My family and I went and got our Christmas tree yesterday, and today I'm recording this on a Sunday. I've got my coffee here, and I freaking love recording this podcast on a Sunday because I just feel like Sundays belong to us in the sober community. Like they are just our day to absolutely bask and not having a hangover, to maybe even be a little bit smug about it and to just really let this be a day to feel extra, extra grateful for being sober. So I'm ready to go. I had put it out to all of you to see what topics you'd like to hear me cover in future episodes. And you all had such amazing replies. And one of them was socializing with people who are drinking. And I think that this is an amazing topic any day of the year, but I think especially at this time of the year, because we are in the season of holiday parties and family gatherings and celebrations. And as much as the sober community is absolutely growing, which I love to see, and as much as I think that it's maybe easier now than ever to be able to connect with other sober people, it can very much still feel like we are very in the minority when we're kind of just navigating regular life. And if you're about to walk into a holiday party and you feel like, oh my God, everyone's going to be drinking except for me and I'm going to be the odd one out, then that can definitely be very anxiety inducing. So I'm going to share all my top tips today for navigating socializing with drinkers. And what's been really cool for me in the past few years of my sobriety has been not only connecting with tons of other sober people, but also a few people in my life have gotten sober or some people in my life have become sort of sober curious or become more mindful about their drinking. But I would still say that 
most people in my life drink and a lot of really close people in my life drink. Um, So I definitely feel like I have a lot to say on the topic of socializing with people who are drinking. I think that there are two things that can make this really hard. I think number one is obviously if you're watching other people drink, it can bring up those feelings of sadness or grief or just like missing alcohol. It can bring up FOMO or feeling left out. But also I think a really big part of it is feeling that discomfort about other people's feelings about us not drinking. So I'm going to talk about both of these things um, in this episode and I'm going to start off with navigating other people's responses to our sobriety. And I'm breaking this down into two categories because they're very different when it comes to navigating responses from people very close to us in our lives, like our friends and family versus navigating the response of like an acquaintance or maybe someone you're mingling with at a party or a coworker. So when it comes to navigating people's reactions, the number one thing to remember, and I know that this is so much easier said than done, is to not take it personally because it is so not personal. Like when someone has a negative reaction to someone else's sobriety, it is always, always, always about their own relationship with alcohol. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast and you're sober and you've struggled with your drinking, you can probably identify with the fact that, you know, speaking from personal experience, I didn't love when people around me weren't big drinkers because it made me uncomfortable about my own drinking. And that's exactly what sober people do to people who have a problematic relationship with alcohol. And especially if it's someone close in your life, like let's say it was someone who you're really drinking buddies with or you really bonded over alcohol or you had very similar drinking habits, when you're both drinking together, you're both validating each other's drinking. Like if I'm going to drink a ton of wine on a Tuesday night and get drunk and you're going to do it with me, you're validating my actions. You're making me feel like it's okay and it's normal. And then suddenly if you're saying, no, my drinking is not okay, I have to stop – then it's like, oh my God, what does that say about my drinking? Like it just shines a very uncomfortable light on their drinking when you stop drinking. And if someone wants to drink and get wasted and there's a sober person around, like it can just make them uncomfortable. So it's just remembering that as much as it can be an awful feeling if you feel like someone isn't accepting of your sobriety, it is pretty much always just because of their relationship with alcohol. And at the end of the day, you are not responsible for how anybody else feels about your sobriety. They are responsible for their feelings. They're responsible for how it makes them feel. You're responsible for your feelings. You're responsible for staying sober. Like really just get kind of clear boundaries in place about that. And again, I know that's so much easier said than done. This was such a big struggle for me in my early days. But something that really brought me a lot of comfort was just to tell myself over and over again, like when I'm doing what's best for me, when I'm doing what's best for my mental health, for my just like overall well-being for my own happiness, like I cannot be doing anything wrong by doing that. And if someone else feels a certain type of way about it, then that's theirs to work through. That's not mine to try to manage. And something that really brought me comfort was being like, when I do what's best for me, I'm simultaneously doing what's best for everyone around me because if they care about me, then they want me to be the happiest, healthiest version of myself. And I know that the sober version of me is the absolute best version of me. It's the version that the people in my life deserve for me to show up as. And if 
your sobriety makes them feel a certain type of way about their drinking, then maybe that's bringing some things to light for them that they need to work through. And even if it makes them uncomfortable at first, and even if they don't want to acknowledge that, maybe down the line, this could be the catalyst for them to make some changes as well. And maybe you're going to be the person who inspires them in that way. So it's really just remembering like you don't owe anybody else that version of you. You don't owe them the drunk version of you. Like I really kind of struggled with that loss of identity and that loss of like this is what we bond over or I'm the like fun drunk one and I felt very much like I had to prove that I was still fun and it's just like remembering that you don't have to prove yourself to anybody and maybe the people who are giving you the hardest time right now are the exact ones who are going to come to you one day for advice on getting sober and who are going to be so grateful that they have you that they can go to. But in the meantime, it is not your job to manage how they feel about your sobriety. It's your job to manage your own feelings. That's your responsibility and to just stay sober and to trust that no matter how it makes anybody else feel, you're doing what's right for you. And you can show up as your sober self in the social situation and at the party and that version of you is enough. That version of you is more than enough. And you don't have to be their definition of fun. You don't have to drink with them to be fun. Um, Some other tips, just if you're like really in the early days in terms of navigating, socializing with other people and their responses, if the people in your life don't know yet that you're starting a sober journey, then one tip I always have is if you're getting together with them for the first time and they don't know yet that you're not drinking, to let them know in advance because I always find it just takes off so much pressure. Like oftentimes – One of the big sources of anxiety going into a situation like that is like, oh my God, how's it going to come up? What are they going to ask me? What am I going to say? What's their reaction going to be? And if you have already just gotten that conversation out of the way, it just takes off so much stress and pressure heading into the situation. And it also acts as a really good accountability tool because if you're maybe in the early days and you're feeling shaky, like if you haven't told them and then they offer you a drink, you might be more inclined to accept it out of just feeling really uncomfortable to speak up. So if you've let them know beforehand, it just kind of acts as that accountability where you're going to be more likely to follow through and not drink if you've already let them know that you're not drinking. And that does not mean you have to make it a big deal or tell them anything you're not ready to tell them or say that you're quitting forever. It can just be like, hey, heads up, I'm not drinking tonight. I'll be be ordering mocktails or I'll bring myself a non-alcoholic drink or whatever it is. Um, And you definitely don't owe them more of an explanation than that. But at least if you send that even in a text and then if they ask you any follow-up questions, you can like have time to sit with it and really think through how you're going to respond rather than kind of having to navigate that in the situation. And on the other hand, if you are dealing with worrying about the reactions of people who aren't like close to you in your life, there may be just people who you're going to be talking to at a party, coworkers, friends of friends, whatever. If you're going into a situation like that, like a work party or maybe a significant other's party or something where it's not people who you're super close with, I don't think personally that it's necessary to like announce it or share with everyone that you aren't drinking because – Oftentimes, if you just have an alcohol-free drink in your hand, people might not ask. People might not even notice. So I think in that kind of a situation, 
we don't really need to make a big thing of it. And you can just walk in, order yourself like a mocktail or like a soda water with lime. And if you have a drink in your hand all night, people are going to be less inclined to offer you one or to ask anything. Um, But I definitely think one of the key things in a situation like this is to have your answer ready so that if someone overhears you order a non-alcoholic drink or they ask what you're drinking and then they ask why you're not drinking alcohol, if you just have that answer like locked and loaded and ready to go, it takes so much stress off so that you're not kind of like caught on the spot and flustered. And that's sometimes when we can tend to overshare. Um, So think beforehand, spend some time reflecting like what's the answer that makes me feel the most confident, whether that's saying I'm doing a dry month or whether that's saying I'm taking a break or whether that's saying I don't drink anymore because I didn't love how it made me feel and I feel better without it, like anything. It can be just an easy, simple, short answer, but just having it ready will make the whole experience so much less stressful. And it's also just remembering like, yes, some people will care. That's It just is what it is. Some people might be jerks about it and give you a hard time, but a lot of people actually won't care. I've shared this story before, but the very first time I was meeting up with coworkers after I got sober, and it was like it had been a while since I'd seen them because I got sober during the pandemic, so I didn't have to have those social interactions for a while, and it was the first one since getting sober, and I spent all day – like I talked to my mom on the phone. I was practicing what I was going to say, and when I got into the situation, I ordered a virgin sangria – And someone sitting across from me said, oh, why virgin? And I said, I don't drink anymore. And they were like, oh, good for you. And that was absolutely the end of it. And it was just such a funny moment for me because I was like, oh, my God, all that stress. And they didn't care at all and they didn't ask me questions and they didn't even have to really worry about it. So it's remembering that it really can just be such a non-issue. However, I think personally that there's a lot of power in imagining the worst case scenario because let's say you're going into like a work party and you're so worried about it because you're so worried how people are going to react to you being sober. Like really sit with, okay, what is the worst case scenario here? Worst case scenario is someone makes a rude comment or people give me a hard time or they try to pressure me to drink or they're just like not cool about the fact that I'm not drinking. That is the worst case scenario. And when you just sit with that, It's the realization of like, okay, even if the worst case scenario happens, I can survive it. I can survive someone making a rude comment about my sobriety. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to be fun, but I can still choose to not drink through it and I can still then leave with my head held high. So I think sometimes even really just letting the worst case scenario play out in our heads can be weirdly empowering because it's like, okay, I have a lot of anxiety. I'm feeling nervous about this, but this is the worst that can happen. And if the worst that can happen happens, I will still be okay. Like I can have my own back. I can still know that regardless of anyone else's reaction, I'm doing what's best for me. And I know that that is all that matters and I will still get through it. So hopefully that's a little helpful as far as easing your nerves about other people's reactions to sobriety. It can definitely be one of the bigger challenges of early sobriety is navigating those, but just keep coming back to I'm doing what's best for me. I'm not responsible for anybody else's feelings. And at the end of the day, even if it feels personal, it's really not. It's usually about their own relationship with alcohol. And maybe one day, I will inspire them to finally find the courage to look at that. And I can be proud that I have found the courage to look at that because a lot of people never will. Okay, so now on to the actual aspect 
of having to be around other people drinking and having to watch other people drink. And so first of all, I will just say that there's never any obligation to go to an event where there's going to be heavy drinking if you don't feel ready for it or if you just don't want to. Um, It's always okay, especially at this time of year where things are just so chaotic and so stressful. It is always okay to not go, to cancel the plans, to put your sobriety and your sanity first. So just saying that right off the bat. But if it is something that you want to go to or you don't want to miss, my number one tip if you're about to be around a lot of drinking is to get very, very clear before you go on your why. Like really spend some time reflecting before you're even in the situation. Spend a lot of time reflecting on why you want to be sober. Play the freaking tape forward. If you're having thoughts creep in of like, oh, just be so fun to drink tonight, really spend time, like sit with it and be like, how did I used to feel when I woke up? after drinking. Get so honest with yourself. Like put yourself back in those memories and remember how awful it felt. Remember all the terrible consequences of drinking and remember that you do not want to feel that way tomorrow. And then remember how you do want to feel tomorrow. Like focus on how good it will feel, how accomplished you'll feel when you wake up in the morning with a totally clear mind, a clear conscience, no anxiety, none of that shame. Like it is always worth it no matter how challenging any given night might feel, especially in early sobriety. It is always worth it. You'll never, ever, ever wake up and regret the fact that you didn't drink the night before. So just spend a lot of time before you're even in the situation getting really, really strong in that and just getting clear in your boundary that like no matter what, I'm not drinking tonight. I don't want to. Even if I really, really want to, I know that what I want even more than that like immediate relief or that immediate high is sobriety and what sobriety brings me. So as for being around actual drinking – I kind of touched on this um, in a recent episode with my mom, but I'll chat about it a little bit more here because I've always said that I think that it actually can really be helpful to our sobriety to watch other people drink. And especially with when people are getting really drunk, but I've had people say to me when I've talked about like, oh, it can be helpful to be around drunk people. I've had people say, but like, it's really hard to be around people who are like buzzed, who are having their first drink or two, um, because that's the part that I miss. And so that's really valid. But again, that's when like when we're watching that initial buzz and we feel like we miss it and we're romanticizing it and we feel like they're having more fun than us. It's really just remembering that the buzz was never just a buzz. Like it was never just that fun part. Otherwise I would not be here. Like really, again, playing the tape forward. And when you see that and when you're missing that, it's about getting so honest with yourself and remembering like, well, how did that usually go? Did I stop after the buzz or did I want to keep drinking? Did I usually get too drunk? What was the result in that? How did I feel after? What were the consequences? It's remembering too, like the buzz is so fleeting. It is so fleeting. It's like 20 minutes that we're chasing. And then if you try to keep chasing that buzz beyond it, you end up getting too drunk and we all know how that goes. But you know, if you're going to be around other people drinking, it's going to go one of two ways based on what kind of drinkers they are. And I think that both of them can be helpful. So if you're watching quote unquote normal drinkers, like if you're watching someone who's only had one or two drinks That can be hard because you're not seeing that level of like sloppy drunk. So that might be something that watching that makes you romanticize it a little bit because they're able to do what we always wished we could do, which is moderate. 
But even watching that and noticing your own feelings about it can be helpful because I've definitely noticed like when I watch someone who's a normal drinker, it calls so much attention to the fact that I wasn't because I'm so aware like, oh my God, they only had one drink or they only had two drinks. And I imagine that if I was drinking with them, I would be feeling anxious about that. Like I would be like, oh my God, but I want to have more and they're only having one. And like even reflecting on how you'd be feeling if you were drinking and how if you were with them and you'd only had one or two, you wouldn't want to stop there. You would want to keep going. That's a helpful reminder of the truth of your relationship with alcohol. It's just constantly using it as an opportunity to tell yourself the truth about how your drinking was. Um, And on the flip side, if you're at, you know, an event where people are getting overly drunk and they're wasted, it is the most powerful reminder of exactly what we don't want to go back to. And that's the thing, right? You can watch someone have that initial buzz and they look like they're having so much fun and that might be where you're like, oh my God, FOMO, like I miss this feeling. I miss the excitement about drinking. But if you stay and you watch them, you get to watch them become really drunk. You get to watch them slur their words or fall over or overshare or repeat the same stories again or embarrass themselves or cry or get in a fight with someone, you know, anything that could happen when you get overly drunk. Like for me, when I watch that, it makes me so grateful for the fact that I'm sober. It makes me so grateful knowing that I'm not doing that anymore because I know how I used to wake up feeling. And then it makes me feel a lot of empathy for them. Like so often when I've watched someone get really, really drunk, I'm just like, oh, I feel for them so much because I know how they're going to feel in the morning. And like, I just wouldn't wish that on anybody. So watching someone in that state for me, it just makes me so thankful that I'm going to be waking up in my shoes tomorrow and not in theirs. That being said though, my other tip is to leave when you've hit your limit. And oftentimes for a lot of us, it's exactly at that point. Like when people start getting overly drunk, that can absolutely be your key to exit if you don't want to be around it. Like there's no obligation ever to be around people that have had too much to drink And the good thing about that too is that once they're in that state, like they're not going to notice any time what time you're going home. If you need to just dip right out of there and pull an Irish exit without saying bye, then so be it. Um, Definitely give yourself that grace, especially if socializing with people drinking is a struggle for you right now. Like just have a really clear boundary to leave when you want to leave. And something that can be helpful for that too is like pre-planning your exit strategy. Like drive yourself if you can and You know, if you're like me, I often struggle to leave (laughs) when I want to leave. Like I always get a little bit uncomfortable saying it's time for me to go. So if you even need to, like before going somewhere, if you know that you only have like an hour or two in you or that you cannot stay past a certain point of their drunkenness, even like saying in advance like, oh, I'll come, but like I can only stay for a couple hours because I have this that I'm going to after or because I have to be up early for this or, you know, like if you have to make something up to just like have it be like, oh, okay, shoot, got to go now. And they already know. I think that that can be really helpful for those of us who struggle to actually act on leaving when we're ready to. Another thing that I've noticed about socializing with people when they're drinking, and again, this is just from my experience, and maybe if you're in your early days, this it just feels challenging for you, and that's totally valid. But something that I've felt before, which I think is really cool, is that like 
when other people start to get buzzed or drunk and they loosen up and they, they've like dropped their inhibitions because of the alcohol, I personally find that it's easier for me to then in turn drop my inhibitions as well because I'm like, they're drunk. They're not even noticing what I'm doing. Maybe they won't even remember it. Like it's almost easier to get out of your head and like loosen up when other people around you are intoxicated because you're kind of like, well, what do they care? What are they even noticing? So I found that to be fun. It's almost like you get a natural high. And then you get this empowered feeling of like, oh my God, I got to like let loose and laugh and be silly and dance or do whatever. And they all needed alcohol to do that. And I didn't have a drop in me and I could still be the life of the party. So that's kind of like something that I have actually found to be empowering about socializing with people that are drinking is almost like feeding off of their buzz to loosen myself up. But then knowing like I did this sober and I didn't need a single drop of alcohol in me to like have fun and to drop my inhibitions as well. Another thing I think is really important for being in a social situation with drinkers is to make sure that you are internally celebrating your sobriety. Whether that means like I'm going out, they're having drinks, I'm going to get a freaking dessert and I'm going to enjoy myself. Or like if you drive yourself, like making the drive home, like I always find that when I drive home from a night out sober with people who are drinking, my drive home is my happy place because I'm like, it's a moment to like, obviously you can't drive home if you're drinking. So it's a moment to feel great that you're like clear-minded, that you got your shit together, you can drive home. And then it's like, I just feel so grateful always when I'm driving home. Like, oh my God, I have a clear head. I'm not wasted right now. I'm not going home to like pass out on the couch with my makeup on or to get sick. And I'm going to feel so good tomorrow. Like for me, the drive home is always a little mini celebration and a little gratitude moment. Even like when you get home, have a little treat. If you didn't get something when you were out or if you did (laughs) get home and be like, I've got a little ice cream or a little treat waiting for me at home. I'm going to like put on my favorite show and have a treat. And then I'm going to get fully ready for bed and wake up feeling so good. Like really just make it a freaking celebration because it is like, you know, that all the people who you maybe felt a little bit envious of at the beginning of the night, like they're going to wake up feeling like hell in the morning and you get to wake up feeling so great both physically and mentally and you get to wake up with that peace of mind that's just always worth it so make sure to really take a moment to feel grateful about that and that leads perfectly into my next point which is just about being very deliberate about turning FOMO into JOMO. I did a full episode on FOMO, episode 22. So if that's something you've been struggling with, then definitely go listen to that one as well. But FOMO is the fear of missing out and JOMO is the joy of missing out. So if you're feeling a lot of FOMO, maybe you're feeling sad, you're watching other people drink, make it about all the things, like shift your mindset. Instead of the things that you're sad to miss out on, shift it to all the things that you're so glad that you're going to be missing out on. Like you're, they're going to be waking up with a hangover tomorrow and you're not. You get to miss out on a hangover. You get to miss out on potentially embarrassing yourself drunkenly. You get to miss out on all the money that they're spending on drinks. You get to miss out on waking up and not remembering things that you did or said or waking up, you know, like face full of makeup on the couch without having brushed your teeth, like tasting alcohol, waking up feeling nauseous. Like, oh my God, I used to wake up 
first of all, always on the couch with my makeup on. I would feel so nauseous. I would like panic order a hangover breakfast on Uber Eats or else I felt like I was going to throw up soon. Like there's so much, no matter how much you might feel in the moment, like you're missing out by not drinking, there are so many more negative things that you are missing out on that you can be glad to be missing out on. And then think of the things that they're going to miss out on because they're drinking. Like maybe you're missing out on an initial buzz at the beginning of the night, but you get to wake up feeling good, not only good the next day, but like good about yourself. And you have your whole next day. Their next day is probably going to be a write-off. At least their morning will be. You can wake up and seize the day and spend it however you'd like. It just pays off so, so, so much more. And you know, I will add too, kind of going back to the beginning of what I said of like, You don't have to go to the party. You don't have to do something that you don't feel ready to do. Like you can absolutely have boundaries of what, how you want to spend your time. Like if all of your friends hang out at the bar all the time, it's completely valid for that to not be that fun for you. Like what makes the bar fun for hours and hours is the fact that people are drinking and getting drunk. And so maybe like you might enjoy socializing for the first like hour or two there, but it's not that fun as a sober person to spend all of your time in a bar. And so even like asking people to do other things with you that don't revolve around alcohol. Like you're completely entitled to ask the people close to you if they want to be supportive. Maybe we could do something else other than go to the bar. Like maybe we could go do a fun activity or go see a movie or meet up over coffee or you know what I mean? Like there are so many other things to do that don't revolve around alcohol. Um, And so if you're really struggling with feeling like you're socializing with drinkers all the time, then it's worth seeing if they want to socialize in another way with you and if not then maybe that's your cue to start seeking some sober connection another thing that can make socializing with drinkers feel hard is that we used to really rely on alcohol for confidence right for that liquid courage and to just kind of like get out of our heads and feel comfortable in our own skin and I think it can bring up some jealousy sometimes if you're working so hard to like push through those feelings of nerves or those feelings of maybe being uncomfortable in the social situation you're getting to watch other people just like have a drink to relax them and that can definitely bring up some envy but I think it's just so helpful to remember that like what they're doing by using alcohol to feel confidence is not real confidence and even if you don't feel that sober confidence yet to just remember that feeling these uncomfortable feelings right now in this circumstance is exactly what's actually building up my confidence so even if I'm uncomfortable these are the feelings that I've been avoiding for years and actually letting myself feel them and push through them is what's going to bring me to that place where I do start to feel more confident in a social situation in my own skin and I can feel really proud that I'm willing to show up as my sober authentic self because that's a really hard thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. And so even if like if you're finding yourself being like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm so insecure, you, I think sometimes affirmations can almost be counterproductive because if you're just like, I'm confident, but you don't feel confident, it could just be like, well, I'm not. I'm just lying to myself. So I think a really helpful tweak to make to an affirmation is I am in the process of. So if you're not feeling confident in showing up to a social situation, being the sober one when other people are drinking, telling yourself, it's okay, I'm in the process of becoming confident. Like I'm in the process of building my confidence. And sober confidence is something that you just cannot bottle. And I know when I was drinking, whenever anyone had the courage and confidence to not drink in a social situation, it was 
always something that I admired. I think oftentimes we look, we imagine how other people perceive us through like the most critical lens because we're all our own worst critics. But it's even remembering that like even if someone else not drinking made me uncomfortable, it was because I knew I struggled with my drinking. And so I did really admire that they, you know, had something that I didn't at that point. A few last kind of tips I will give on socializing with drinkers. Number one, always have a non-alcoholic drink in your hand. I know I've said it a thousand times, but it really is so helpful because A, people are going to be less uh, inclined to offer you a drink if you already have one. And also it it honestly is just like a comfort thing. Like I always find like when I'm holding something that I can sip, it does just kind of make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, So that's really helpful. I also think, you know, coming back to the first thing I said on socializing sober about getting really clear on your why, like writing it in a note on your phone and even like doing a little remember when exercise and writing down some of your like worst drunk moments in a note on your phone or even like writing like a little message to yourself. Like before you go out, write a message to yourself on your phone of like why you don't want to drink tonight and why you want to wake up hangover free tomorrow because if you start to feel tempted or you start to feel uncomfortable or shaky, you can like run to the bathroom and go read that note back and kind of like – get a little bit more centered again. Also, if you need to step out and reach out to an accountability buddy or a sober friend or just someone who's supportive, like give yourself permission to kind of take those breaks as you need. And something else too, you know, I hear from a lot of people that they kind of struggle once they get sober with feeling like annoyed by drunk people or almost feeling like a little bit judgy of them and being like, but I don't like feeling judgy. And I think something that's really helped me in my sobriety is looking at it through the lens of empathy. If like, if someone's being drunk and they're like kind of annoying you with their drunk antics, just like for me, I always just think like, oh, that was me. Like that was me one day and I remember that I was struggling and I remember how I felt the next day and like looking at it through the lens of empathy always kind of gives me a little more peace of mind if I'm in a situation where someone is just drunkenly getting on my nerves. But again, if you get to that point where like people are just giving you a hard time, you are absolutely entitled to just leave and to have that boundary. And that's the thing, right? Like people can sometimes struggle with other people being sober, but if it gets to the point where they're just straight up being like disrespectful or they're being rude, um, you don't have to take that. You can absolutely just leave. You can put a boundary in place. You're more than entitled to do that. And the last thing I'll say is to just be easy on yourself. Like if being around people drinking right now is hard for you, that is valid. If being around people drinking is something that you just don't enjoy and you don't find fun, that is valid too. Like it's so easy to place shoulds on ourselves and to think that we should be able to do something or we should be able to enjoy doing something that we're not enjoying. And you can just give yourself permission to feel however it is that you feel. Whether you find it fun to be around people who are drinking or whether you find it to be a miserable experience, like neither is right or wrong. And you can just make room for however it is that you feel. And you can remember that feelings evolve. Like just because you feel a certain way now doesn't mean you're going to feel that way forever. And these things can fluctuate and go up and down and that's absolutely okay and it's okay to respect wherever you're at. 
And no matter what, at the end of the day, the number one thing I could always come back to is feeling so proud of myself for even doing this. So even if you go to a party and you find it so hard and you struggle through it and you feel FOMO and you feel sad, like A, trusting that how something feels now isn't how it's going to feel forever, but B, just coming back to like, oh my God, it was hard and I still got through it. Like I'm doing such a big thing. What I'm doing is such a big deal and it's maybe something that none of them understand at this point, but I know how hard I'm working at this. I know what a big deal this is for me and what a huge accomplishment it is. So make sure to like no matter how socializing with drinkers goes right now to just keep coming back to being super, super proud of yourself and celebrating yourself for this because you absolutely deserve to and it absolutely is something to be so freaking proud of. So hopefully this was a helpful one today. If you're looking for any extra support as you navigate the holiday season sober or just navigating sobriety in general, you can always join my sober support group, The Happiest Sober Hub. We meet twice a week on Zoom, actually three times a week right now during the holidays. Um, And we also have a private Facebook group where we connect. I will link sign up in the description of this episode, or you can head to happiestsober.com and head over to the Happiest Sober Hub page. I also still have some spots on my sober trip to Croatia, which is in May. I could not be more excited. I'll link sign up for that as well in in the description of the episode. And you can always head to the link in my bio on Instagram if you'd like to look at all the details and reserve your spot. You can subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com and follow me on Instagram at happiestsober. And of course, if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps out so, so, so much. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so I will chat with you next week. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember that life's happiest when you're sober. Bye. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.